0: All right. uh, Welcome to another Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, This is episode 54, Um, I think. Let me just double check. Yeah, 54, guys. Sorry. Um, Awesome guests. We have Garrett Starkey and we have Nathan Hyatt. Um, They're training out in Arizona with Garrett's dad, Dean, right? Right. Um, And, you know so before we get into that just real quick uh we're out here in las vegas this weekend for uspva to kind of talk about how to grow the sport of pole vaulting and we've talked about all the different roles that you know clubs high school coaches athletes post-collegiates elites can do to kind of help out the community um so you know we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about that kind of stuff um obviously if you guys have any questions always email us at apex at gmail.com you can follow us at the real apex vaulting on instagram and we're Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, um, and check out our website, apexvaulting.com. And you know Christmas is around the corner. People are starting to order some of those t-shirts. So if you need something, make sure you get it. Um, So Garrett, Nathan, um, before we get into this weekend – you guys have an awesome training group. Like, what? First of all, how did you guys get this training group together? I know Trey Oates, who's been on the podcast, out there with you guys, too. Uh, how did that all come together? And maybe tell us a little bit about the club you guys have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Nate and I have been training together since high school. I mean, it, we, <laughs> we both started at, uh, in my backyard at Arizona Pole Vault Academy. Uh, we've been best friends ever since. And uh, we both went to different colleges and kind of reconvened now that we've graduated. Um we, uh, actually, we, we became really good friends with Trey Oates, cause, we started this kind of college pole vaulter group chat on Instagram. Uh, yeah, it was I, I, I know plug. It. So, Shameless plug, solar-powered manweather. Um, shout out to the manlets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all our solar-powered manlets out there. Um, but anyways, so we, we kind of met him through that, and we had uh, a big like gathering uh, this past summer at my house where everyone from that group chat came out, and we, uh, we we jumped at my house, and my dad coached us, and it was awesome. It was a super fun weekend. And I think uh, a couple of the guys just kind of fell in love with Arizona and decided to come out and train. So Trey Oates is one of them. Uh, Audie Wyatt is kind of, he's going to come out and train with us in uh, January. So we're going to have a uh, group of five guys starting January um, just awesome training partners so. yeah I mean just uh, you know Nathan before you jump in I
0: just think also how cool with social media like I I wonder do you ever talk to your dad Dean because uh, for those of you that don't know you gotta know uh, Dean <laughs> Stark is an awesome pole vaulter uh, awesome coach he's done, done so much I remember I, me and Garrett would DM I don't know if you told Nathan but it's like <laughs> Dean was my favorite pole vaulter in high school. Like I loved him. You know, he's yeah. Team USA. Uh, he got a bronze medal in the '97 uh, World Championships, and I still, I, I literally can see the videos of your dad jumping in '97 from that Neo Vault DVD. Oh, yeah. You know, I like it's had that ingrained in right? my head, and I remember yeah, yeah. listening to your dad describe that meet. So cool. Um, oh, at Sean's base or Sean's house, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean Brown, and and so it's like. It's so cool. Does your dad tell you, like, how difficult it was for people to see or watch pole vaulting videos or communicate? Whereas now, how cool? You guys kind of all connected through through social media, and now you guys have this training group. Like, that wouldn't have happened, like, 10, 15 years ago even, you know?
1: Right. He, he was kind of telling me the other day. He was like, yeah, until, like, I was an elite pole vaulter, I didn't see other videos of elite pole vaulters. Like, I didn't know what they looked like <laughs> until I was an elite pole vaulter. So... <laughs> He said the way that he learned to pole vault was just kind of by trial and error. He would try different things and see if it helped him get on bigger poles or raise his grip. So he didn't really have, like, a technical model to, to look at on his own and study. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he said that once he started competing uh, overseas, like, he really studied uh, Sergey Buka and Maxim mm-hmm. Tarasov. And he just watched what all the Russians were doing and tried to model his jump then after that. Um, yeah, yeah, After the Russians, so... But that, yes, yeah, it's, it's so wild
0: to think, like, that's how it was. Like, could you imagine, like, never seeing, like, Bupka jump and then yeah, you go to a meet and you're like, you're like, holy shit, what is that, you know? Uh, so, Nathan, tell, tell us a little bit
2: about your, your end of the, the story of this group. You know? Oh, man. So, I, yeah, like Gary said, I started training with him in high school. Um, and we are kind of the, I mean, like, the first high school kids Dean really took under his wing since Arizona, right? Right. And so it, it started off with us. Um, just a, a handful of group. And every year we came back over summer to train during college. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, five, ten more kids. And then the right. next year, five, ten more kids. And we came back. And so he threw in another pit in the backyard. Wow. And then by the time we graduate, we've got three pits um, going in a couple different directions. And it's just been, I don't know, it's exploded. It's been so much fun. I mean, you're a coach. It's, yeah. it's so cool to have, like, a group of kids. That are just dying for the sport, like just dying yeah, to learn yeah. everything they can, and they soak up all of the knowledge that we can give them. Yeah. It's just so much fun.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's like it's awesome. Like you know, I, you guys post a lot too, and I'll see either the Instagram stories or the the Instagram posts where it's like the lineup of the kids doing the drills and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It's just, <laughs> it's so cool, and I, I can't imagine what it's like for those kids too to be that lucky enough to not only have your dad but have you guys, you know. Coaching them and working with them, like that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. So, if you live in Arizona and you're nearby, this you got to join this club, or at least oh, stop yeah. by or
2: something.
1: Absolutely, come on, come on by Arizona we'll Pole Vault up.
2: Academy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: do you, uh, do you guys have a website by the way, or like oh, what's yeah. the best yeah. way to
1: reach you guys? So, you can uh, follow us on Instagram, just at AZPVA, or uh, you can go to our website, Arizona Pole Vault um, So, go ahead and check that out. We're trying to get more camps started in the near future. So we're doing a winter camp uh, uh, this December 27th through 29th. We're going to plan on doing that annually um, as well as getting some spring camps set up. So if you're also looking for camps, go ahead and check out our website.
0: Yeah. So I want to throw in another idea because I know this comes up you know, very often. I think uh, when people start to talk about competing post-collegiately, and we're talking about how much we love it, but I think sometimes people are super scared to compete post-collegiately because I. And so, how old are you now, Garrett? I'm 25 now. 25. How I'm, old are you, Nathan? Uh, 24. 24. Okay. So y- you said 25 as if you're very old. That means <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: dead. It, it, but feels, <laughs> it feels old. <laughs> but
0: it, no, but he, but here's the thing. It's so funny. Like I, I know. Like you know, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee stuff. You know, and he's so right. Like I'm 37 and be 38 next weekend. I guys, I feel great. Like I don't feel any different than when I was 25. Right. Um, if not, I feel better actually cause I, I, work out more. But, um, the thing is it's like, I feel like so many people are like, I graduated college. I, I gotta hang it up. You know, like I, I gotta get a job. I gotta, you know, you start worrying about one, what other people are going to think, right. whether oh, it's man. friends, family, whatever. But the thing is, it's like, you're not gonna be able to revisit this when you're fifty-five. Like right. you could coach, you could jump and have fun, but you guys are at such a high level. Your PR is eighteen five. Yep. Right, Garrett? And Nathan, what's your PR right 17.5. now? 175. Seventeen five. You guys are a very high level and, you know, you know what I think is crazy. I don't I don't know how you feel. But sometimes people say 175. To me, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You're right there. But so many people hear seventeen five, yeah, and so many people (laughs) hear seventeen five. They're like, "So, like, you're gonna stop, right?" (laughs) this is we
2: had that. I had this conversation with Dean um, when I graduated. It was one of those things where it's just like, um, didn't have like the greatest college career. Like, not, not. I never made it to to an NCAA final. I made it Mm -hmm. to regionals all four years, and I think I no hided twice and made one bar the third time. That was sweet. So hurt, but. it's one of those things. Like I'm, I'm set up in an opportunity right now. I'm, I'm back with, you know, one of the best coaches I'll, I'll ever have. Yeah. With a training group that's just unparalleled. I mean, I'm surrounded by, you know, Audie White is going to be going, who's jumped five seventy. Garrett's gone sixty. Trey's gone sixty six. Right. You know, so these are all eighteen plus jumps, guys. It's it's, just, see, sorry. Right. Everybody uh, who speaks American. Freedom units. All <laughs> freedom units. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. Eighteen eight, eighteen six, and eighteen <laughs> five. Um. And so like I'm over here with like a seventeen five PR, and it's just like. It's one of those things where it's, like, just high enough to, like, oh, maybe, you know, a 6-inch PR would be huge. You know, like, it something
0: but, about 550 makes it. But, but you know what's crazy? Like, think about it. Like, if you PR this much, the length of my yeah. iPhone 8, that's it. I know. It's right? Just- it's it's like this is like you could fart a takeoff and do that. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know
1: what I mean? I mean for for me, I I, I have a very similar story to Nate. I, I didn't have the college career that I wanted to, um, but once I got back with uh, training with my dad in the matter of just one year, because it, it was at the same meet, I went from seventeen four to eighteen uh, four in one calendar year at the same meet. So wow. yeah. uh, a lot can happen in a year, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, even at this level, like no matter how old you are, I mean, if you get a steady good training system that works for you with a good coach, a good progression, um, you can improve. Well, and, and to to kind of go back to something I was saying earlier, here's, this is what I feel
0: guys, you know, you guys are 25, 24. Now is the time. If you really want to see how high you could possibly jump and you have this great opportunity, this training group, Why not? Why not? You're not going to do this at 32, 33. You're not going to all of a sudden, you're not going to all of a sudden, uh, after you get married, have your first kid, (laughs) and you got a mortgage, be like, hey, hon, you know what? I'm going to quit my job and start pole vaulting. (laughs) It's like, do it now. And and it might even turn into something more. I mean, what do you guys, do you guys think about, you know, even just continuing as coaches once you are done jumping, like building the club up more as full
1: time? Well, so Nate and I were talking about this the other day. Like, I think one of the biggest challenges uh mentally at least um when you're when you're coming out of college and you're not quite a superstar yet where you're, you're jumping 19 feet and getting into meets overseas is like you don't you don't make a lot of money and all of your other friends are graduated college they're all getting jobs they're making money they're starting to move into houses they're starting to they're marry and get kids. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, and, and so married. and so for us like Right now, like we have to live with at our parents' house like in because in, we can't afford to move out right now because we're dedicating most of our time to training, so it's hard when everyone else is doing all these things that's making money and building their future when we're working for very different goals I mean they're e- equally good, but well, um, it can be a little bit challenging psychologically well
0: but so let me throw this out there, and this is where I think you know we have to change the the mental framework in the public community what is everyone's goal ultimately like every person to be happy right and if you're happy what does it matter exactly first of all i mean i i talk about this all the time i i have plenty of friends family whatever that they might have a great job they have a good house whatever this that and the other family but dude they're miserable you know you know what i mean and and the thing is like i always tell people like and i'm i'm pretty straight up on the podcast like i don't make a lot of money with my club like i have goals and visions of growing it to the point where I'll make more money. But at the end of the year, after, you know, paying rent, paying insurance, you know, utilities, right. polls, this, that, I'll walk away with, you know, 35, 40,000 a year. It's right. not a lot of money, but the thing that always keeps me going is like, I'm coaching pole vault for a living.
1: Well, my dad always calls it, he calls it a lifestyle business. So it's one of those things where we're not going to become rich off of this. We're not going to make a ton of money, but you know what? Every single day we're going to love what we do every minute of it, you know, because our work is our hobby and and what we enjoy doing. So we all, and really, really, really enjoy coaching, and so it, it's cool to make that to your business and to to be able to live off that. Right,
0: and what I think is key for all of you guys because we're we're talking a little bit now. Sometimes the negative noise that you might get in your head as a post collegiate because it is hard and it's it's real. You have to deal right. with. It. I mean, I, I guys, I, I don't know if you could imagine this, right? I'm an immigrant, right? I'm the first person in my family to graduate college. Uh, my dad was already very upset that I didn't become a lawyer or a doctor. I chose <laughs> the English teacher, right? <laughs> And then when I told them that I was not, I was quitting teaching to go full-time coaching pole my dad, like, oh my God, (laughs) so pissed, right? So it's like, I, I had to battle that, but it's like. But the thing is, like, I think for you guys, what's great is you guys have all each other. You know what I mean? To keep your heads up and right. you know, that one, you're doing what you want to do. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You just, it's for yourself, you know? Right. And if you're pumped and uh, listen, from everything that I see from you guys and everything I hear from you guys and even, you know, every once in a while, if I, you know, even just DM Trey or something like that. You guys seem super pumped and happy. Dude, That that's what's important. You just got to keep it going. Yeah. And I think it's great that you guys have this network of all you guys training together. That's going to push all you guys way, way further than, than if you were
1: by yourselves, right. I, I think. Oh, absolutely. Know. I mean, I've already noticed the difference uh, last year. Um, you know, I didn't quite have the, the same group that I have this year, and, and the quality has just been so much higher. Like, if I'm just sucking at practice and feeling like crap, <laughs> and all of a sudden Trey just starts lighting up bars <laughs> like crazy, it lights a fire under my ass, and I start jumping better. I quit making yeah. excuses. I quit thinking about the fact that my legs hurt or I'm tired or whatever, and I freaking, you accountable. I freaking compete with them, yeah, every single day. And it's it's not just the jump on. We show up to the track for
2: – We've this is my first year. We've thrown up speed gates for every single sprint workout, like 10s. Oh, 20s 30s yeah, yeah. 60s 80s and it's gotten to the point where like we'll go one at a time through the speed gate and and just start screaming at our times at the end. Yeah, yeah we
0: like, had oh, one flat. Like let's
2: go and yeah, Trey yeah, yeah, yeah. bust through and, and and he'll he'll miss it by like point one and be like, all right, all right, let's put some money on it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. we don't have any money. He's <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, well, like, we'll pretend like we got money and then we're gonna put it on there. <laughs> and it's just, oh my gosh, it's I've never felt a accomplished. We're driving back from the track and it's a race home. You know, just yeah. <laughs> Going out to uh, uh all-you-can-eat buffet. Who's going to stack their plate the highest? And it's just competition 24. Oh, yeah, I rehabbed way harder than you tonight. <laughs>
0: I rested so hard. <laughs> well, I, and I, I feel like these training groups are super important because what, – what do you guys think about this? Because I, I feel like sometimes um, you know it happens. I mean even uh, – I had Michelle Favre, one of, one of my former national champs on uh, last podcast. And we are talking about how sometimes when people are starting to jump super, super high – You know, even as coaches, we sometimes spoil the athlete, right? Like Mm -hmm. we want to cater to the athlete sometimes. And that actually has a long term negative impact because then you start to get really, really like uh, sensitive. You know, it's like you show up to the meet if you don't like the runway, you don't want to jump. It's like that or, entitlement know, almost, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that you get too comfortable. Like right. you can't be like too comfortable with being comfortable. Like it's not a comfortable sport. Like you got to do scary things and you got to do things that are hard and difficult and make you uncomfortable. Yeah, and and I feel like that that's another idea to
0: get out there is like you know I think training groups are super important. I think you know we all. Would would like maybe to be one-on-one and the most important person and this or that and and that has its merits but i think training groups man they keep you so honest you know it's, it, it really helps out um so uh, what uh so who, who's winning most of these competitions
1: so it's it's actually all across the board. So Nate, in, in in all the speed work with without a pole, has just been kicking all of our asses this year. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's by far right now the, the fastest guy without a pole. Then we would, we put up the timers with a pole, and I win that uh, that contest. And then. Uh, Let's see, in as the weight
2: as- bars and practice, Trey's smoking us. Yeah. Wow. That kid smokes bars every day. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I have to say, because I
0: remember when I visited with Trey and I saw him in the weight room, and you know, he's doing okay. and Look, the guy's super fit, but I was like, "Dude!" And I even I DM Garrett the one time. I was like, "Yo, make sure you kick his ass in, in the weight room." Yeah, I,
2: I went I, in the I weight room, That's, scary.
0: <laughs> that's but, kind of my
1: domain. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I knew that like Trey was gonna benefit so much from just that. His like, his
1: maxes have gone up by like thirty pounds in like everything in every, so far, oh, across like, the board. I, I mean, he he's like he's doing a really good job of keeping up with with me, even though like like. For the last couple of years, I've had like pretty high PRs and all those things. He he's really done a good job of like catching up to all those. Yeah. When he says
2: high PRs, this kid weighs what? What are you? 168 pounds
1: right now? Yeah,
2: and he he'll go in <laughs> like not even in that series of a training season, and he'll throw up 315 at the end of summer on cleans on on hang cleans. Yeah, after taking like two months off, and it's just yeah. unreal. <laughs> I've never yeah, yeah. I've never seen someone move weight like this. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, I, I see sometimes the videos you guys post, I mean, you're, you're killing it. I mean, and, and I feel like, too, what, you know, we start talking about this, uh, I guess this is a good segue. We started talking last night. We get a little flack for the weights. <laughs> yeah, well. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs>
1: been coaches that are like, oh,
0: you should spend a little less time in the weight room. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, here, here's my thing, though. I don't understand. Like, I feel like that's definitely one, one area that people need to work on. And you can't ignore the weight room. And I feel like at some point, if, you, if you're not getting stronger, how how are you going to continue to progress? I mean, obviously, technique is important. I think right. we all think technique is important. You definitely have to spend time on the pole. I'm not saying stop pole vaulting and just go to the weight room. But, I mean, what, what, what do you guys feel,
2: feel or think about all that this kind of thing? Garrett's domain. Take it.
1: I mean, I, I think it, it, I, I saw this quote by Brett Bartholomew, who's a, a sports performance coach on Instagram the other day. And I really agree with it. He just said... The stronger version of yourself is always the better version of yourself so there's no instance where i would not want to be stronger in a given movement right. um and it, it, as long as that lifting isn't adding additional weight to, to places that you don't need it for pole vault like i'm not going to get my chest super big for pole vault but like why would i not want to be the but, strongest i could possibly be in my legs i mean yeah. if you think about it like velocity um that that stems from putting force in the ground it it all stems from putting force so i want to improve my force output as much as i possibly can like you can't have acceleration without force and bringing it
2: back to the size event, yeah we've seen plenty of studies now that showed you know as far as your glutes and hamstrings go they're they're the few muscle groups that as they increase in size your speed increases it's one of the few ones like quads don't have that same kind of relationship And, and across the board with the other muscle groups. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: look, there, there's a lot of information out there. But yet, for some reason, I feel like in our community, it's like it's not out there. And obviously, for anybody who's listening, it's like, wow, I don't, I don't want, you know, my pole to be a power lifter. Neither do I. <laughs> like if, if you end up squatting a 1,000 pounds or deadlifting 1,000 pounds and now you're 350 pounds, that's probably not going to work out. You know? Trust
1: me. There's a lot of people that try to put on size for yeah. as long as they can and they can't do it. <laughs> right. Like, right. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, that's a
0: huge point too. And, and I think this is where also as coaches we have to individualize training where, okay, uh, look, I, I'm just going to take a guess. Nathan probably has a tough time putting on weight you say bit. yeah, yeah. Right. but it's like I've had athletes who are a little bit thicker muscle and it looks like when they touch the barbell they put on weight oh, so it's it. like yeah that's me yeah so I mean what there you know you try to stay away from too much hypertrophy work and you try to like cut down the volume a
1: little dog bit dog sets a five or hypertrophy <laughs> right I've seen put
2: weight doing high bar <laughs> right I wish I could <laughs> I wish I was kidding
1: the only upper <laughs> body workout I do is just like high bar exercises and it's yeah, like it's Still a struggle kind of to, but, uh, to, is, not, put on to not put on weight. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and so and that's where like obviously like as a coach you have to individualize and, and use your eye and see what's going on, you know, and, and I obviously like for me I'm really big on data. You know, you gotta have some data to back up what you're saying. Like before we were just talking about mid marks, you know, it's like yeah, if your mid's moving further out, you're probably getting faster, if it's coming in, you're probably getting slower, and you gotta see how that's corresponding with training, right? You know what I mean? And and so super huge. I mean, how about even to go back to what you guys were saying about sprints like what kind of sprint workouts are are you guys doing so what's the longest
1: sprint you guys will do the longest sprint Uh, so we did 80s the other day as our as our speed endurance work but like my philosophy is that if you want to get fast you better practice running really fast like why would i I practice why would i do a bunch of 150s and like practice sub maximal running a bunch of times if my goal is to get better at maximal running well there's there's plenty of quotes too that's that there's no such thing as as 90 sprinting Right.
2: anything less than hundred percent isn't a sprint right. right right well it's
0: like in lifting if, if you want to see what your one rep max is you have to lift something for one repetition right even two reps is not a max effort yeah. you know so it's the same idea uh it, you know it's kind of like even in the pole vault like what's what's your max effort pulling and grip you probably can't jump with that 30 times in a row you know what I mean like that's not gonna happen as as much as you try that's not gonna happen you know which I mean even sidebar kind of you know for the people who are listening and and really interested about training um, I I think that's sometimes a mistake it's like some people are like oh dude like I did my 8 left approach and I took you know 40 jumps in practice like then that probably wasn't a very high grip <laughs> no, and, it, and stiff pole for you. You no, were doing exactly. something that was very
1: vanilla, like seventy yeah. percent. That's been a goal of mine actually this year is to take less jumps and just increase the quality of the jumps mm-hmm. that I'm it's taking.
2: One of the perks of the bars only, yeah, yeah, it, it humbles you so quick, man. I, I mean, I could take up you know 20, 30 jumps at a bungee all day. You know, you crash into it over and over. Yeah, it's low not a big small deal. Pole. But as soon as a bar goes up and you need something to stop, you know, kind of close to vertical, right? All of a sudden, the effort that you're putting in and the intensity you're hitting into takeoff, right? You can't you know, come. It's in a lot harder. You hit Just ten it. and you're like, yeah. wow, a good day. Let's go inside. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Way higher
0: quality. Well, well, and that's why even in, in vault sessions, I feel like people need to understand, you know, what is the goal of your vault session? If it's a technical session, sure, maybe keep, keep grips and, and pull stiffness low and work on the technical aspect. Right. But then when you're trying to have, you know, we always at my club, we just call it a big day. It's like we're having a big day. We're having a big day. That means, like, you're warming up. We're getting on there, and we're seeing what's the best you could do today. Right. But this is not going to be, you know, a two-and-a-half-hour jump session. It's yeah. like
1: there's no way, you know. I, I'm glad that you guys do that because I, I don't think enough people have big days or enough people go from long approaches in practice. And I understand that short approaches are good for developing technique. But, like, you've got to practice going from full approach in mm-hmm. practice, going at bars at max intensity. Uh, so that way when you get to meets, it's not some unknown thing that you hardly ever right. practice. Like, you've got to push the limits more often than just at the competitions. And I think that when I started going from nine left approaches, um, and practice a lot more, um, my meets got so much better and so much more consistent. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, look,
0: there, there's both sides of the argument there. And I think something that's, I actually wrote the article, I have to publish it, but, um, on my website, but uh talking about context. I think context is huge too. Right. I think what are you for, trying
1: to accomplish? Right.
0: Like, you know, if, if you guys are ramping up and getting ready for season and you're going all out, yeah, you're 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 dead on. Like you, you need to do some long approach stuff, you know? Um, and especially depending on how many meets you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes for me, especially at the high school level, I just I'm concerned I don't want to like I have some of my kids like they started their first meets this weekend. And they will be jumping till the end of February. Right. And they'll have at least one meet a week. Right. So those kids, I tend to not want to go into the long runs yeah, right away. Yeah, that makes That's, sense. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but you're right. When you have, because I, I, same thing, when you have post-collegiate guys and girls, dude, you're lucky if you have four or five meets indoors. Right. So you want to make all those meets count, you know? Right. So it's, it, how, do, how do you guys, like, juggle that? Like, what do you guys think about, like... How long can you jump from your long approach? Like, how do you how do you kind of conceptualize that? Like, what if your first when when was your your first meet be? Did you guys? Do oh first yeah, um, meet
1: our, yet? our first meet is gonna be January fifth. Um,
2: okay, yeah, Florida at uh Sean Sean Young's meet. right? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, a,
0: Steve, Steve
1: and Haynes and, and Sean Young. So are, will
0: you guys open up from full approach that first meet? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. And how many meets? Like now, how many meets? So the way that we have it structured right now, we're going to go three weeks on of meets. So we got uh, Florida, then we're going to probably go jump at maybe like Texas Tech or something the next weekend, and then Reno the next weekend, and then take a weekend off. So we're never going to jump more than three weeks in a row in okay. meets. Um, okay. So yeah, that's kind of how it's going to work. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. That I, I think that really
0: works. I feel like the mistakes some people get into, because I've seen is like they'll do a eight or nine left approach, and they'll do it literally like... 10 weeks in a row right and i'm like whoa
1: now, you, you, you always need, see the people need some, burn out yeah you yeah. need some breaks in there and that i've made that same mistake myself of just trying to sustain too high of a level for too long and you, and you just can't yeah. do it yeah yeah and your body breaks
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um so nathan tell a little bit more about your story because you haven't talked a lot where like tell us a little bit about your college path because you went to a couple different schools right? oh
2: yeah um Let's see. The first school I went to was SUNY Albany out in New York and absolutely fell in love with the team and the campus. And it was it was a really good experience. I, how did
0: you end up there from Arizona? That's what I don't understand.
2: <laughs> um, okay. So so high school, I, I didn't start pole vaulting until sophomore year. So I was a little bit late to the game and I show up at this house and there's Garrett Starkey there who, you know, in, in the track world, especially in Arizona, like everyone yeah, yeah. knows who he is. He, he jumped 17 feet in high school, which is, you know, big mark. Yeah, yeah And yeah. so I'm, I'm a year behind him and I jumped 14 feet my first year. And while I'm doing that as a sophomore, he's a junior and he's getting letters right. from all these different schools because he had jumped 16.5 as a junior. Uh, yeah, something like 16.6, something like that. Six, and, right. I mean, you know, 502. <laughs> 502, five but who's, who's counting for, for, the, for the metric? But anyways, he's he's getting letters from across the board. And up until this point, I had, like college, I was just like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> well, I wasn't very academically inclined. But anyways, I see that. And so junior year, I jumped 16 feet, which was, wow. you know, shout out to Dean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he got me. I, it was actually, I don't know if you guys know who Mel Mueller is, but she was a 15-footer back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the it was OGs. On, the OGs. The uh, But it was on one of her old Pacer Carbon, like 14.6. Dog. Her, poles <laughs>
1: <her, her> <laughs> so were nice. so nice. Freaking big, man. Like, those poles lasted me until I was, like, a 5-meter jumper. She, like, 14.7, like, 75? Like well, no, a wow. 15.175. 15.75. Yeah. And there were those sweet, like... Oh, they're the old pacer carbs. They're great, but
2: anyways, like, <laughs> shout out <laughs> to her for donating. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Mel. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so I jumped 16 feet as a junior, and that was a mark that was like, okay, that'll get you onto a team. But as as far as like getting a scholarship goes, it's gonna be the supply and demand. Who needs a pole vaulter? Right, right, right. And I, I asked Dean. I was like, what do I do? And he's like, just start emailing colleges. So I. I Went and I alphabetically I emailed every single D1 college in the nation. So you had Albany and stopped. <laughs> 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 they, were, they were just the first one to make no, no, I'm tired. <laughs> I sent one email out. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, like I mean, my, my friend Garrett was gone to college, so I had nothing to do but just email schools yeah, yeah. all weekend, every weekend. And Did you know
0: it snows in Albany? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I mean,. Yeah, Geez, man, growing up in Arizona, I was like, little, little white guy from from Chandler, Arizona, like arguably just the little whitest city in America. It, it is. And so it was just so awesome to get that culture shock. I go over it, one, it's snowing year-round. That was cool. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, it was a great culture shock. It was an awesome experience. Uh, loved the coaches, loved the program, but it got to the point my sophomore year um, all the guys I, I came in with, the, there was like two cool seniors, but they both graduated. And I was okay. like, okay. Uh, I was kind of the only jumper there. And then my, my pole vault coach, uh, Justin Metzger, absolutely cool mm-hmm. guy. He jumped at RPI, jumped yeah, to yeah, yeah. 3 or something like that. Um, he got a got a great job offer. And it was one of those things. He's like, I'll stay if you need me to. But, like, I've got this job offer. And I'd kind of been rolling around in the back of my head. Like, yeah. ah, it'd, be, it'd be cool to get back to the West Coast. So I emailed Ron Barella at ASU and I was like hey okay. like do you guys have any spots left and he was like absolutely um, let's see freshman year of college at Albany I jumped 169 sophomore year I was starting to slip backwards on only jumped 167 okay and so it was one of those things I was like oh, like I wasn't getting a whole lot of jumps in I jumped once a week um, yeah. and we were struggling to get time. It was, it was one of those things so that and you are substituting sprint workouts with lifting. <laughs> well, like, okay. <laughs> so they, they kind of let me just like do my own training. And it was before I knew anything about training. And so I was like, Oh, it's snowing outside. I don't want to run. And so I would replace all my sprint workouts with squats. <laughs> and like, I went in there and I was like, I was a twig, still a twig, but I was a twig yeah, yeah. even more. And I was like a squat max of hundred pounds. And I left with a squat max of 390 pounds wow. over the course of two years. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll just squat five days a week. And that's pretty much running. Right. <laughs> Not quite so the same. Turns out I started jumping lower. Who knew? Um, yeah, yeah. and switched to ASU jumped 17 feet my first year there. Um, red-shirted the next year because I had tore my hamstring, so that was a bum year. And the year after that, I jumped seventeen five, and here I am now. So now I'm wow. back training with Garrett. It was awesome. He came back from Stanford. He graduated from Stanford and then did his masters at ASU. And so okay. my fifth year and his no year fourth my fourth year and my his fifth, fifth year. year lined up. So we were on the same team in college for a year. Yeah, oh, and, cool. yeah it was really fun. It was yeah. Super cool. yeah. Um, Yep. What, what an
0: amazing story! It's it's kind of funny too. You bring up like even you know the jumping once a week.
2: Like, why did you guys only end up jumping once a week at Albany? It, I mean, it snowed you around, so we had this bubble, like just the giant dome, and it was shared with just about every sports team. So you had baseball, basketball, yeah. football. Everyone was trying to train in there. So we got it for like an hour or so once a week. Yeah, that I feel like that gets to be the rough part. I mean, like depending on what
0: college you go to, and and it seems more often than not, it's just. You know, that's not the priority. You know, so some of these places, they might even have a pole facility, but like you said, it's in shared space, so, so you don't, you know, get to jump that often.
2: You yeah. Know? We had, like, a, a really small window, and we had to put the pit together, put the standards up, roll the runway out, get our poles out of the shed, and then you start warming up. And it was like, that was a 30-minute process, so you warm up for five minutes,
0: and jump then, for 10 minutes, and yeah. then we had to put it
2: all away, and it was just like, uh this is getting hard.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it gets to be difficult. I mean, I almost like, man, it, it's so crazy. Cause I remember when I first started coaching, you know, we were outside. So you don't cover the mats, cover the mats, whatever. Now that I'm, you know, been in my club since 2010, it's like, I feel so spoiled because I never even have to uncover mats. You know what I mean? Like, you just show up. You just open the door. That's Uh, so nice. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. So, uh, tell me more about the club itself. Like, how many kids do you guys have at the club? Like, how do do you guys run sessions? Do all of you guys coach together? Chickens. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) So, we call call all the club kids chickens. (laughs) Shout out to Vine. (laughs) Um, Anyways. uh, Yeah, so, basically, right now, we have about 50 kids, um, that are monthly members, and we have three pits running at once, so, um, I run... Uh, one pit Nate runs a pit And Trey Oates Runs a pit We also have Jacob Flores <laughs> and, oh, and, and Jacob Flores And uh, we also got His girlfriend Hunter Wilkes Who, who helps coach as well um, And then My dad Kind of just floats around And, and helps where needed um, And then we, So we have that session going And then before that session We have another uh, Practice Where just one pit Is running um, We just opened that up Since the traffic Was getting kind of heavy In the oh, wow. the main session yeah which, yeah, yeah which is an awesome Problem to have So we're, yeah. we're happy to open more sessions to try and keep um, the numbers low on the runway. We try and keep them under 12 if possible yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. on each runway so that way kids get the maximum amount of jumps. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. We just basically, we're able to train during the day and then right after we're done training, we just leave like a half an hour gap to eat and then we go coach and that's wow. our schedule every single day pretty much. So. It's so fun, man.
2: The, the system's great too. Having, I mean, you, you probably know once you get four or five kids on the runway and they all want to keep jumping and jumping, jumping, but you have yeah. that kid who you're like, man, I just wish I could take him over the rope,
1: show right, him right. one
2: drill and if he could just apply that drill. To, yeah, like, yeah. So that's why we've got Dean and J flow and, and Hunter, they, they can pull a kid apart Have them run over the mini hurdles, have them work on their pole drop, get a slide box, go to the rope. I think, and it's just so
1: much nicer yeah this year that that's been kind of a unique thing to this year is is normally we're it you know kind of short on hands you got you're normally a one coach who's spread thin and has to do all the ro- roles if someone new shows up to club you got to figure out how to coach all the kids while showing them like the the drill progression <laughs> get them started this is what an a skip is this is how you warm up but now we've got so many hands I think it's kind of a unique it, situation right now it's funny like
0: I literally like I almost have the script like memorized in my <laughs> (laughs) head of like what to do when a new kid comes in yeah and it's so funny um because you know so I, i have to tell a story so i you know i again new kid comes in it's like bang 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 and literally, like, my kids, if a, kid, a new kid doesn't get it, I could literally see in the corner of my eye, like, some kid rolling their eyes, like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. <laughs> and it, but it's really a quick process. Yeah. Like, I had the whole spiel about, like, like, you said, running drills, walking them through right. the running drills, them all, walking them through the planting drills. Yeah, around. all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, go through it real quick. I was watching some coach the other day, and I was like, he spent an hour talking to one kid about how to hold the pole while the rest oh of the kid. kids stood there. I'm a huge this fan is but by, by the it. way this is not like yeah. one of my coaches it's not my club and I was just like and I felt so bad but and this is another thing that I feel like you know it's one of those pull culture things but it's like I feel like some people it's like I was like a sponge and I'm still a sponge like I want to know what you guys are doing see you know what I can maybe bring back to my club that would be applicable you know I love asking questions but I feel like so many coaches out there it's like They either are afraid to be found out that they don't know as much as maybe some people think they know or they have an ego about how they go about things. But it's like, man, how do you not see that wasting an hour talking to a kid about how to hold the pole is a waste of time? Because I'm sure you guys see it. It's like the best thing to do with a new kid is kind of like quickly explain it. Then let them do. Let them do. Like, yeah. yeah, they're going to learn Let their natural
1: athleticism take over. That let, that's something we've kind of figured out. Is like we used to like back in the day. We used to start kids with like, um, you know, we do like swing ups and stuff like that. But now we kind of just we teach them how to run and hold a pole, and then we we put up a bungee right away and have them like have their and natural athleticism turn, like take over and they yeah just go over it they're like what do you but how do i do it and, just and i'm like and just, for just turn your hips and go over it and like I, i'll tell you like nine times out of ten they go over it just fine and they have right. a blast and it gives you like a little foundation to work off of then after that you take them back to some of the drills it's kind of like break it down but you gotta let them have fun and, and on their first day so that they're hooked cause the, like, I. I think most people remember their first day pole vaulting. And my first day, like, certainly wasn't just doing swing-ups and plant drills all day. Like, my dad put a bungee up, and he let me have as much fun as I possibly could. (laughs) And I was hooked. (laughs) And the thing that's huge is, like, reps. You need reps. Like, if, if
0: you're spending an hour talking to a kid, that's an hour that that kid didn't get any reps in. And I don't know about you, but if I did a classroom session and that's all you got for the day... You're not going to learn how to be a pole vaulter. Uh Uh-uh. You know, it's like, and I forget what the quote is, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, wisdom or knowledge is only as good as how you use it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you never apply your knowledge, it's going to waste. So just explaining things to, to no end without having the kids rep.
2: I don't don't know. We were just talking about, like, sometimes they don't know what they don't know yet. And so, like, I'll sit there and tell them, like, yeah, like, this is how you're supposed to run. You want to pick your knees up. You want to hit the ground hard. And it's just going in one ear and out the other. And then I'll put them on a runway. They'll run down and be like, okay, now that you kind of know what running feels like, I want you to run as hard as you can. And all of a sudden, it feels better. And they're yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is what you mean by hitting the ground harder. Well, they didn't
1: know about, like, oh, this is, like, low knees. Like, that, that really, like, affects, like, the way, like, coming to takeoff. Like, yeah. like it, they don't realize the importance of the high knees until they find out what it's like without them. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, right? It's like some people, it's like you can be like, hey, don't touch the oven. They learn.
0: They're not going to yeah, touch it. Right. And some people are like, ah. What does Nathan know? Oh, all right, Nathan, God, that was hot.
1: God, yeah. I, was go, I got burned. And a lot of right. kids are like, "Oh, I wonder if it's still hot." <laughs> and they, yeah. Go, and they, they keep freaking touching it. <laughs> you got a bunch of fingerless kids running around. But,
0: uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, too, what I feel like is so important. Like, okay, if we're sitting down, and we want to go over the science of stuff. That's fine, but I feel like for kids, they have to feel things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you have to use words that that they can understand through feeling. So like like, hey, hit the ground harder or that was too soft or longer, shorter. Like, those are all good words. I I'm I, I am pet peeve of mine, like, I know what a penultimate step is. Yeah. I I rarely ever use that word
2: at practice because you can't
0: feel a penultimate, you we
2: know? Joked around that, like whenever I'm talking to someone who's like who's like kinda under my wing, like learning to coach or whatever, there's like, oh like what do you what cues do you use? And I was like Cues are fantastic i try and be as literal as possible they're like what what do you want me to do at takeoff don't say finish your takeoff because they're just like what What does does that that mean mean? i want you to jump over the back of the pit as hard as you can
1: and all of a sudden they come down there and just they're gone (laughs) well you you preach this a lot like it's like movement and actions over positions positions so like i rarely tell people like oh i want you to hit this position like i tell them the action that i want them to do that'll result in that position but right. it's all about like saying hey you got to do this harder you got to do this harder you got to put this up higher like it, yeah, it, yeah actions no it's, it's awesome and, and look just to clarify because I,
0: I saw some comments yesterday on the post that I did about movements and position I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with a position as long as it's producing the movement you want. You know, right. I, I think the problem becomes when people fall in love with a position so much, but they're not seeing whether or not there's any movement involved. Right. Like, I, I remember talking to a college coach, uh, Lane Lore, actually. Oh. he's at Washington. Lane Lore was actually my dad's teammate in college. Yes. They, they, they're great friends. I remember seeing them in the video. <laughs> <ball> video <laughs> yeah. But, together. but I, I remember Lane talking to me one day, and, and we were like, Yeah, it's it's so amazing. Like, sometimes you can see like a still frame shot of a kid running down the runway or a takeoff and it looks perfect, right? Like they're hitting a great uh, frontside running mechanics or they got a great drive knee. But then when you watch it in real speed, you're like, wait, they're not creating any stride, stride length. They're not actually jumping off the ground. The hips stay low the whole time. So
1: it's like, it, all of those positions are great as long as they're producing that movement. Well, that right. and you have to get into the positions correctly. Like I feel like you, anyone can kind of like fake positions, like fake yeah. high knees. But like, are the knees coming up because you're just forcing them up, or are they coming up because you're hitting the ground really hard and they're naturally coming up as a result of the stretch shortening <laughs> like <right>. cycle? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, I mean, look, that that's all all important stuff. Um, I guess I, I, I want to hit one more topic because we, we should probably go up we're running late on something. Um, (laughs) but this weekend for USPVA, I mean, what did you guys, uh, think, you know, what, what, what were some of the things that struck you? You know, what
1: are your thoughts after hearing all the, all the talks, you know, what's something that maybe stuck out? Um, well, first of all, it's been, it's been really cool to be here and and be a part of this. Uh, There's just a lot of really cool, fun, important people here. Um, (laughs) so I I don't know. I I think that's been really cool, but, um, I don't know some of the topics that stood out to me just because it, it affects me. We're, we're talking about post uh, post uh, collegiate meat opportunities mm-hmm. for us because right now it's it's hard to find meats. Um, yeah, th- there's a dead spot right where. Uh, where collegiate uh conference starts all the way through ncaa's there's no there's no meets during that period of time because they're doing their own championship thing and resting and whatnot um so it was cool to kind of talk about potential uh street meet series and stuff like that and and how we can kind of unify those meets into one um one entity where people can follow that series um i think that would be really really cool nathan
2: it was awesome i mean coming in
1: I actually wasn't
2: really sure what to expect. I'd only seen like a couple of videos they put up of just like, "Oh, we're USPVA. You know, our goal is to help our sport grow and you know gain some traction." And Garrett and I were talking about it on the way here. We we're just like, "Okay, like that, that's great. What are we just looking for for fans?" Like, what? Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure right, what right, we're going right, right. for. And then yeah.
2: after hearing all these talks, they're like, "No, no, no. Like, we want." You know, to to popularize the sport in the schools. You know, we want to make it uh, affordable and available to as many kids as possible. Because we went around the room and everyone was talking about their story with pole vault and how it affected their life. And it was one of those things. I was like, yeah, it absolutely changed the course of my life. I wish I could give this opportunity to as many kids as possible. Yeah, the thing that stood out the
0: most uh, for me was uh, Steve and I forget his last name. I I At the paper, my Thomas. Who is it? no, 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 you're thinking Mark Cortazzo, yeah, Steve Chappell. No, no, not Steve Chappell, so sorry, Steve. <laughs> I apologize, uh, Steve Thomas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so Steve, With stick I, jump, right? yeah, he was talking about Stacy Dragila's stick jumping, and I think that's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I think really like them going around, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Stacey Dragila, um, you know, she's a pretty good pole vaulter, she won the Olympics, <laughs> yeah, uh, she set the world record. Like, again, I feel like people don't understand how good. Stacy was Oh yeah She was jumping 1510 When the opening bar At some professional meets
1: Was 126 Oh she was just blown she, that,
0: that would be like If there was a woman Right now jumping 176
1: You know Maybe, like if there know, was I mean, An 18 year old Jumping 605
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ouch <laughs> 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 Um but, yeah, so Stacy was awesome and uh, still is awesome. And she's got this wonderful idea of stick jumping, which, you know, they, they go around with bamboo poles. They're not going to bend. But you go to elementary schools and and teach, like, kind of fundamental, like, straight pole jumping to, like, little kids. And you set it up in the school so that they have a program. And I'm like, dude, that is an amazing idea. Because then, think about this. Imagine, like, once those elementary school kids get to their high school you're going to have literally at least 50% of that class are going to be like we want to pole vault. Yeah. And that I think that's going to have a dramatic impact, you know, on our sport because I think that's a great way to introduce it when when kids are young because it is an amazing sport. It's so much fun. I mean like I'm sure, you know, you guys see it at your club when you get someone new never pole vaulted before. They I, like, Honestly, I almost feel like you could keep them at drills and they'd still be pumped. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just had them do drills and, and, and you know, just toe touch a bungee a little bit. They're, they're like, holy shit, I'm flying through the air. And yeah. it's, it's so much fun landing on the mats. You know, it's like we, we take all that stuff sometimes for granted because we're at such a high level sometimes. You know, it's like, you know, you guys are thinking about qualifying for USA's and trying to make a team and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you forget, like, that first day for a kid, they get hooked. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so I, I feel like the stick jumping is, is definitely, you know, something. That is, is super huge, and if you're interested, uh, you can email them at help h e l p at vaultsafe.org org. So um, I thought that was the coolest thing that that stuck out with to me. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty pretty pumped after hearing everybody talk. Yes. I think
2: there's some great ideas,
0: you know, and, and some things that I, I think can really help the sport. You know,
2: yeah, they're just trying to move forward in all the directions. It sounded like they they want to help out post collegiate guys find meets you know cuz the, the hardest part is when you're you know you didn't jump 1810 in college you know yeah. you, you don't come out with a with a nike contract or an adidas contract an a, standard. an a standard you know it but we still want to have you know some kind of depth in in you know on team usa we want to have you know some guys who are 4th 5th and 6th still going 50 60 70
0: well and uh, and i guess it's kind of a wrap it up. And I I just want to add, I think what you guys are doing at uh, Arizona Povo Academy is amazing. The training group that you guys are building. And I think, uh, you know, for club coaches out there, you guys all have a great opportunity. I know I'm very welcoming to anybody that wants to continue their career. And if they're interested, you know, and maybe coaching too, you know, to come by the club, it's a great opportunity. I think building these training groups, that's going to help you know, I mean, you guys are very, very lucky, but I think more people can be doing it. There's so many clubs out there that right. this is this is something that has potential, and I think that we have to change that mentality. I mean, like like we we're talking about your PR, seventeen five. That's very, very good, very respectable. And you know, like you said, you don't know what could happen in a year, but you don't know what could happen in five years, right?
1: Of constant
0: coaching, <sighs> yeah, very yeah, constant, this, consistent right. Coaching, yeah.
2: You know, having a team on your back, it's just, I mean. I can't stress it enough to the post-college guys out there. Like, find a couple training partners. We, I mean, we do physical therapy with each other. We keep each other on track with diet, nutrition. Yeah. Um, Trey is obviously big-time nutrition guy. Yes. Uh, oh, my
0: God. Yeah, Trey is huge on nutrition. He's just
2: been a great tool for, for helping us build up our diet. I mean, we had a general idea, but he's he's given us the science behind it, which is huge. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's a total game-changer
0: yeah well hey I want to thank you guys for being on the podcast yeah today. absolutely is, thanks for having us yeah, on it's super,
1: super awesome and do you want to give a shout out again for the website or anything oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, so if you guys want to go follow our club it's uh, at AZPVA um, go visit our website at ArizonaPullVaultAcademy.com um, give Nate and I a follow on Instagram on <laughs> PV <StarkeyPV.
2: laughs> at Vaulter. <Hyatt Sky> <laughs> yo shout yeah. out to all the chickens shout out to JFlo, shout out to Hunter <laughs> yeah and and,
0: and thanks, for, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I appreciate everybody reaching out who emails or DMs me. Uh, keep it coming. I love to answer any and all questions that you guys have. Um, check out at The Real Apex Vaulting uh, on Instagram, Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. And you can email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Um, enjoy the, the rest of your day, guys.